How many standing on the promises of God? Looking forward to receiving and accessing those promises of God. Amen? Uh, the book of Hebrews says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And as we hold on to our faith in God, our faith in the Word of God, our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. And, and as today, as the, as the Jews are celebrating everywhere about this is their judgment day. You know, they've prayed, they prayed all week and they've repented of their sins and, and they've had Yom Kippur. And, and now today they're rejoicing and then they're saying, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, Lord, save us now. Today is the day they're doing that. And they're waving their palms and they stayed up all night and they, re they read the book of Deuteronomy and the, and the book of Psalms. Can you imagine? Everybody's staying out up all night long and reading the word of God. Hallelujah. And so this morning they're rejoicing because they're receiving the judgment that their names are still written in the book of life. Hallelujah. How many has got a name written there? It's a new name. Only God can give it to us. Hallelujah. And thankful, thankful that our names are written down in the book of life. And Jesus says that my sheep know my voice and another and they shall not hear. Hallelujah. And I know that I hear the voice of the Lord. And I know you hear the voice of the Lord. And we are his sheep. And we are, we are grazing in a good pasture. And I was thinking, wow, if I could just have the energy to stay up all night. Now, I've stayed up to, you know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. But pretty soon, the eyes get to be heavy. And I want to slumber in the middle of the night. But can you imagine staying up all night and reading the Word of God with your family of God? Hallelujah. What a rejoicing they're doing in in Israel today. Galatians chapter 5 says, stand fast. Now when I, when I say stand fast, then that, that, that standing is one thing. When you, when, you, when you say, well, let's just stand. You all get up and if I, if I tell uh, Sister Carolyn, stand. But if I, if I tell Sister Betty, stand fast. So it's a little different, it's a little different emphasis, isn't it? I'm going to stand, or I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to, maybe I might even put one foot behind the other, because you know, if somebody pops you on the shoulder, you can kind of go like that, and your, your foot that you got behind you will hold you up. And Paul said, let's stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Hallelujah. Woo. That's why he says, I am free whom the sin has set free is what? Free indeed. Hallelujah. So when I stand on the promises of God, I'm going to not just stand, but I'm going to stand fast. Hallelujah. I'm going to put my whole garment, my whole war robe on. Amen. I'm going to put the helmet on and the shield and, and the shoes that's got, got the little spikes in them, and I'm going to stand fast, and I'm going to be in the liberty that Christ has set us and made us free. And be not entangled again. Now, when I think about entanglement, I tell you what, I'm going to talk to the sisters here. Have you ever combed a child's hair that is so ratted up? Right back up here. Because you know what the children do? They comb the surface. 
Amen. Those girls with the long hair, they comb the surface, and pretty soon you're getting ready to shampoo, help them shampoo their hair, and you, you raise that up there. Boy, there's a rat's nest in there as big as your fist. And I'll tell you what, as a child, my hair's so thick. And my mother raised the back of my hair up, and she said, oh, my Connelly, get the scissors. We're not even going to bother with this one. You know, it was hard to have thick, long hair at my age. But Christ is saying, don't get a rat's nest in your salvation. Don't be entangled again. Don't get involved again in sin's life. Now, if you do, we got an advocate. But I'll tell you what, that messes you up and you have to start cutting things off. Come on. How many has had to start cutting some things off? Cutting some old friends off that kind of lead you in the wrong direction? You know, I've told a lot of people that I've counseled that have had addictions of different types, and I say, change your friendship circle. Don't go to the same places. Change your habits so that you don't get entangled again in that addiction. And, and that's what Paul was saying. He said, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, we know, and today is the day they bring out the Torah. Why don't we just uncover it? And they celebrate the word of God that was given to them on Mount Sinai. Sin is known as sin because we had the law, right? And the law is what puts the yoke upon the people and it was so heavy that they couldn't pull it. Not even if they had help, they couldn't pull it. It was, uh, they had counsel. And they, you know, uh, Moses was so troubled that his father-in-law said, Jephro said, you, you know, what you need to do is get some helpers here. You can't counsel all these people, pray for all these people, and offer, you know, offer advice to all these people. And so he sat up and he made... Uh, he made different men to be councils over different sizes of groups. And the yoke of the law was so heavy that God looked down, and he knew it from the foundations of the earth, right? Because that was when he said, let us make man in our image. He was talking to Jesus right there. Amen. Because he was established from the foundations of the earth, right? And, and he knew that this was a load that we could not carry. I was talking to Elder Kenny last night, and I said, one of the Lord's girls come up. She said, well, I go to the Nazarene church, and, and, and she kind of put her head down like that, and I said, praise God, you're going to church. That's wonderful. Where do you go? And she told me, I said, is that on the east side? She said, it's on the east side out there by Hibachis. And I said, that is wonderful that you're going to church. And and Brother Fred was talking to another woman. She said, well, I haven't been coming so much because I visited this other church, and they were so friendly. They were so friendly, and, and every time I go, they're so friendly. And you know what they have? Bigger churches have better. Than, I mean, we're 60 people, and, and half of us come. And we switch times. What they have, and, and Brother Steve will verify it, is they have greeters. They have a committee. You know, when, when you've got 500 or 800 people in your church, you have a greeting committee. And there are several of them on that committee. And they make sure that they go up and they say, praise the Lord. What's your name, brother? David. 
Brother Dave, I'm Sister Mary. I am so glad that you're here today. And I just want to make sure that you know that you're welcome to come back anytime. And you know what? When he comes back, that person goes right back up to them and says, Oh, Brother Dave, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it's wonderful. Did you know that we're having a meeting Tuesday night and we'd love to see you come? We're having a little fellowship, just small group. And you're welcome to join small group. You know what I'm saying? Well, even the scripture says that if you want a friend, you have to first show yourself friendly. So we got to be about our father's business, that we're not in yoked in bondage. And, and this is an experience that another person had that went to another church. She sat down in this chair, and there was a row behind her, and, and she had makeup on. She had a few earrings in, and, and uh, her hair was real short, and she kind of looked punkish. You know, like, I mean, you know, the punk rocker thing. She kind of looked like punkish. And this woman said, how come you come here looking like that anyway? Now, would you rather have somebody say, praise the Lord, I'm so glad you're here now. Or would you rather have somebody to just entangle you in the yoke of bondage of the law and say, how come you come here looking like that anyway? Oh, my heavens. Jesus, what's that scripture that talks about? Though you speak with tongues of men and angels and you have not charity, is it a sounding brass? And tinkling, just empty. The emptiness. If you have the word of God in your heart and you don't have the love of God there, it's empty. And the yoke of bondage was so bad upon the Hebrews that there was a Savior that was born of a virgin, and her name was Mary. And the Bible says that blessed art thou, Mary, and blessed are the fruit of thy womb. And to the point that his name was Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. And, and to the point that the angel said to Joseph, you should call his name Jesus, Yeshua, for he shall save his people. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that I don't have to have a rat's, rat's nest in my salvation, but that I can come to the Lord boldly before the throne of God, and I can call upon his name, and I can ask him to save me, to forgive me, give me grace and mercy, unmerited favor, that if anybody else judged me, I surely would not go to heaven. But thank God we are serving a righteous judge. And as they receive in Israel today their judgment today, they are saying your names are written in the Nam's Book of Life. And I forgot the, the name of it. It was uh, something like uh, P-I-T, Picture, Tova, 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 Good is Tova. And it's good that your name is written in the book of life. And that's what we're rejoicing. And when I bring my children before the throne of God, and I bring my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren before the throne of God, as Fred and I sit there and we pray for our meal, and we say, Lord, bless our children. Bless our grandchildren. 
Bless our great-grandchildren. Lord, save them. Keep them. Hallelujah. And so, just like Job, when he was righteous in his day and his time, he was offering sacrifices not only for himself, but for his children. And as you come before the throne of God today, and we're saying this is a basement, but we have turned it into a sanctuary. Sanctuary is where you're going to meet the meeting place of God, okay? And we have come here to worship him. We've come here to thank him. And we've come here to ask him to keep us. To keep us in the liberty that Christ has put us in. Let us be free. Let us stand in the liberty. Behold, I, Paul, said unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. And we're going, we're referring back to the law, okay? For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. And sometimes people, Fred and I had this conversation about how somebody might feel really like they're really living good. I really live good. And, and then to confirm that statement was Elder uh, Kenny and I were talking about people said, oh, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm on fire for God, and, and I don't see any sin in my life. And I, I told them both at different times. I said, you know, the Scripture says that our righteousness is filthy rags. It's filthy rags. And when I think about a filthy rag, I tell you what, I got these rags and these old clothes that I've cut up and old socks and T-shirts and stuff like that. You cut up for dusting rags. And, and Fred will say, you got a rag? I'll say, yeah, it's in there in a rag bag. And, you know, that's a, that's a rag that when I get ready, when I'm doing the greasy, filthy job and, and washing the rims on the top car and all that stuff, I throw in the trash. I throw it in the trash. I don't even mix it with the clothes. I don't wash it in my washing machine. It's a filthy rag. And that filthy rag, I just put it in the trash. And so I'm so glad that I'm standing in the freedom and in the liberty in Christ because he has set me free. Christ has become of no effect unto you whosoever of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. What? That makes no sense. If I'm justifying myself by the Ten Commandments, I'm falling from grace. If I'm justifying myself by the works and following the Word of God, I have fallen from grace. Does that make any sense to you? What he's saying is you're trying to justify yourself through your works and through your own righteousness. But really, we have no righteousness. We could, we could fast every week. We could read the Word of God until we fell asleep at night. We could open doors for, for women, and we could carry groceries for old women and put it in the trunk of the car for them. We could stand on the street corner, and we could preach, Jesus saves. But if we're going by the law and going by our own works, we've fallen from grace. But boy, that is a that is a tough statement. You have fallen from grace. Have you ever noticed that before? It's, it's chapter 5, verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. That just, it's just like, okay. Because we can judge each other using the law. But when we stop judging each other, we don't access the law, but we stand on grace. 
and we know we know that we have things that we want to be morally correct and we want to live a righteous life in Christ, right? And, and we all know that what sin is according to Galatians chapter 5. Hallelujah. And we try to strive per, for perfection. We strive to get our flesh under control and we strive to do what is good. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him is sin, Right? So we know what sin is, and we strive for that perfection. We press toward that mark of a higher calling of God. But then we still remember that we're still living by grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love. Wow. So that means to me, I am not going to look at the person that is living by law and living in circumcision and this person that's living uncircumcised and not living by the strictness of the law. And I'll tell you what, there's some really strict laws. If, you, if you'll read the book of Leviticus, which is horrible to read, and you start reading the Torah, the five, first five books, you find out that there's a lot of things in there that you didn't know that you weren't supposed to carry those two coins together and you weren't supposed to wear those two pieces of fabric together. And on the Sabbath, you were only supposed to walk a certain distance. I mean, it's just things just go after that. And then they have the, the oral law and they have a, a, another book that, it, that clarifies it. It's commentary to what the law means. Right, Sister Carolyn? And so... I'm not going to look at the guy that wants to really just, just down the letter, follow it, and the guy that's saying, well, I'm, I'm, I look like a, a hippie out of the 60s, but I'm, I'm trusting in God, and I've received God, the Lord as my good Lord and Savior, and I'm trusting, and I've been covered by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not going to look at either one of those persons and condemn them, but I'm going to let them say, I'm going to say, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And they're both going to say, yes, I know him. I love him. I live for him. I die for him, right? And I'm going to look at both of them and say, bless God. I'm glad you know the same Savior I know. Amen? Amen? You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Not what, but who? Who hindered you that you didn't obey the truth of the word of God? Who got in your brain and, and, and scrambled up your hairdo and made you get entangled in the yoke of bondage again? Praise the Lord. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Now, when I call somebody out, especially, it's real hot in here, open the door. When I call somebody out, and especially if it's, if it's been something that's just absolutely wonderful. And I want to say, I want to congratulate you. I want to offer you this plaque of appreciation. I call them out and I say, this is, you have done such a wonderful job. And aren't they just like lit up? And, and, and Brother Fred said to me in the car this morning, he said, everybody likes to be recognized. Have you ever had somebody walk in a room and, and maybe three or four people are sitting there and, and they just walk in the room and they just walk right past you? Go in there and they do something in the other room. 
They walk past it again. They totally, like, you're non-existent. You're invisible. You don't, you, you don't matter to them. You know? But when you, somebody does something and it was really a good night last night. Didn't it feel good? And I, I had talked, well, we'll take the volleyball net over there. They can play volleyball. And, and Brother Darrell said, well, I got a bunch of, you know, outdoor games. We'll throw them over there. And Sister Tabitha and Pastor Dave said, well, we got the, the cornhole thing. And I said, well, I got another one that little kids could play. And you know what they played on? The dirt pile. They, if you haven't driven by there, there's, it's dug out, I don't know, two or two and a half feet, maybe three. I don't know how deep it was, but it looked deep, about five foot. And um, it looked deep, and huge pile higher than the ceiling was there, and, and every one of them played on the dirt pile. And before you know it, they was taking off their shoes and socks and playing on the dirt pile. And then they, seven of them got on Christopher, and they drug him to the dirt pile and threw him in the dirt pile, and they was all rolling. May and Christopher was rolling around in the dirt, you know. And I said, what a wonderful thing to be young. And to be free, they was not uh, subconscious of anything that anybody would say about them rolling around in the dirt pile and playing and, and, and little Mikey and, and Ira and, and Brantley. They was the little boys were just running. They ran over as far as they could go on the ridge and they come back to the very peak of the dirt pile, you know? Just at liberty and free. Wonderful little children. And I'm not saying the dirt pile is dirt like sin. I'm saying it's liberty. And when you can come in to the house of God and you can raise your hand and you can cry like a baby, amen, and and you can sing to the Lord and just feel at liberty in his house. That's what we're after. And when you can feel loved, when you come in and people are saying, Oh, they don't walk by you. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, it's been a hard week, but I'm keeping on, keeping on. How are you? You've been blessed, Sister Betty. Oh, it's so wonderful. Oh, Brother Steve is. It's, it, and you ignore him? What do you think he feels like? What do you think he feels like? Praise God, Elder Bill. I'm glad to see you. Let's, ha- let's have a tear down today, okay? Woo, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand fast in the liberty that Christ has placed you in. Hallelujah. Be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. For brethren, if you have been called into liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but, but by love serve one another. Okay, so we're not going to say, well, I'm saved by grace, so I'm going to go out here and trash my soul up and trash my spirit up, and then I'm going to come back and say, Lord, give me grace. Now, we know those scripture says we have to forgive our brothers seven times 70 in, a, in a, about 70 years. No. Seven times 70 in a day. Can you, and, and I mean, some of us will do, somebody will do something that offends us. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship and they do something. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I accept your apology first time. They come back and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, it's just getting old, but yeah, I forgive you. About the fifth time they say, I'm so sorry because they've done the same thing five times in a row, you know? 
and you say, listen here, Buster, sorry, just don't get it. You know, you got to make some changes here because I'm pretty sick of I'm sorry. But Christ doesn't do that to us. Oh, my land's mercy and grace that endureth forever. Aren't you glad that Christ is not human? Amen. Seven times seven in one day. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Wow. I love myself. You see what I got done to myself today? I got my hair washed. I, I got it fixed. I got a little shiny bread up here. Got my necklace on and my bracelet, my watch. And, and guess what? Everything matches. I got brown here. I got a little necklace kind of hit up here, but it's got brown in it. Got a little brown in my skirt. Look at my shoes. They're brown, too. You think I love myself? And Carolyn loves herself, too, and so does Betty. She's all dressed out, decked out, you know. We love ourselves. Look at Troyetta. She's really pretty. Look at her matching earrings, necklace. We love ourselves. We do. And look at Megan. She's got this. She got nice little ruffle flanges on her boots. <laughs> so we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Yeah. I love you too. Wow. Mm-hmm. But if we bite, if we bite, if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. You can't backbite. You can't devour. You can't put down. You can't shame. You can't do all that stuff, but we have to forgive one another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, we got to be spiritual. And to be spiritual, we got to be fed. And to be fed, we got to read the Word of God. You know, we can come here and shout and sing, and I can, boy, I can really thump on the organ and get too loud and all that stuff on there. Play the piano. I'll be glad when I get to play that baby grand piano Sister Linda has stored over there. Amen. Amen. We can have a good old time. But you know what? If we're not walking in the spirit and we're not, then, then we're going to walk out the door and we're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We've got to really work on it. We do really got to work on it. We're, we're living in grace. But just because we have grace don't mean that we can just sin willfully. What does the scripture say? He that sinneth willfully, there is no, sacri- no more sacrifice. So I can say that I had a child out of wedlock. You know why? Because I sinned willfully. And I paid that price for doing that. And I wear that scar. Even though the wound is healed, the scab has fallen off, it's still a scar. How many has ever done something willfully they knew was not in the Word of God? And they wear that scar of sin. Amen. If you don't say amen, then you're lying to yourself and to God. All right. So, this is a big deal. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And there are con- they, these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you, you would. Okay, so that puts it out pretty frank. 
I'm living in a fleshly body because if I was living in a spiritual body, I would not be here. I would be up there around the throne of God shouting and having joy unspeakable. Amen. I'd be having a glorified body. I wouldn't be having fibromyalgia and, and osteoarthritis and all those things, you know, that happen to you. Loss of memory, short-term memory loss, all that stuff. I used to be able to quote all kinds of scriptures, and now I have to think, now where was that out? I got that little electronic Bible. I can type in a few words, and it'll tell me where it is. But I used to know where it was, you know? Because our flesh is aging and it's deteriorating all the time. But our, our flesh is constantly warring against the spirit. Our spirit is warring against the flesh. And it's a battlefield. And that's why, you know what? I'm standing fast. I got my foot back here. I'm braced and I got my, my war clothes on. Amen. I've been in the war room. You know what I'm saying? You remember that? And I'm standing fast in the liberty that Christ has placed me in, man. I'm working hard to be in, under the grace of God. For if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Whew. Praise God for that. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. So, when I talked about those old scars that I'm wearing, I'm paying the price. And what I sowed, I reaped. But out of that same temptation, the Lord gave me an escape, and he gave me a blessing, and I've got a son that has a double portion of the anointing and can preach like the house of our, and he has so much knowledge of the word of God. And I was telling uh, Evan last night, I said, Christopher not only knows the word of God and all about Christianity, but he also knows about Buddhism and Islam and Wicca. And, and he, he can, and he knows about Judaism. And so that when he goes and he talks to somebody and they say, well, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, he can expound and open up and talk to them in terms that they understand and explain to them what that religion is and how it got founded. And most of the people that are Islamic, I don't know if you've read any of the Koran or any of their prayer book, but a lot of the scriptures are real close to what's in our King James Version, in our Bible. But they have not read the history of Muhammad. He was a warmonger, and he was, an, he, um, for example, he adopted this son. Now, anybody's read this, and I'm not, I'm not, um, shut that off a minute. I'm not condemning religions, but I'm lifting up Jesus Christ. Because Muhammad was a man, not a God man. And he adopted this son, and he raised him. And then the son got married to a beautiful little bride. And a few, you read it. And so the few things, few times went by and he went to visit his son and he wasn't home and he knocked on the door. She answered the door. He immediately was struck that he loved her. Ooh, talking about the flesh. He loved that girl. But it was against the law that you would take your son's wife. That was a law that was in their Koran, Okay. Unlike Ruth and Boaz, Boaz was Ruth's redeemer because all the men were dead in, in uh, Naomi's family. 
So why goes back? He's sad. He doesn't eat for three days. And, and his, his little helpers around him and the council, they go, what is wrong with him? Why is he so sad? And he finally confesses that he just loves his son's wife. It's just, he's just love-struck and he's just grieved. He just don't know if he can live without having her as his wife. Talking about the lust of the flesh now. You know what they did? They changed the rules. They said, okay, it's no longer are we allowed to adopt any children. No adoption. So that made that son that he raised no longer his son. And you know what? His son came to him and said, here, take my wife. Now that's not a spiritual leader. (laughs) Okay, you can turn it back on. So Jesus Christ says he... He is God manifested in the flesh, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word uh, was God. Amen. And, and uh, Colossians says uh, that he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And because he was a God-man, the Scripture says that he knew no sin. But he knew every one of our desires. And he knew pain and sorrow because when, when Mary and Martha came to him and she said, Lazarus is dead, it's too late. What does it say? Jesus wept. He knew sorrow. He was acquainted with grief. And he knew pain. And he knew desire. Because it says that he knows all of our infirmities. And he knows, he's, he knows all of our emotions. But he that knew all about it felt everything that there was and was tempted on the mountain knew no sin. And because of that, we can stand in hope and in faith and stand in liberty in the grace that Christ has put us in because it is his blood that was shed at Calvary and it was him that when ascended into heaven and was offered his blood on the altar in heaven for us. It was him that when the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty. Hallelujah. It was him that when, when they saw him ascended into heaven, he said, why ye stand here gazing? For in like manner he would return. And it is him when we cry and we pray that we say, Lord, come quickly. We're saying, Jesus, come quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was him that when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, he was, had no beginning or ending of days. And he was the Prince of Peace. It was him there. How many theophanies of there, are there of God in the Bible? I forgot the numbers. Like some, something like there's 60 theophanies. In other words, there's different places that Christ has appeared, even in animals. Different places that, that God has appeared and robed himself in a form and talked and visited with man. But the most precious form that we have is when he came as Yeshua, amen, at Calvary and died on Calvary. And this hope that we have, and the hope 
that we have and the vision that we have is because we've had holy men of God that have cried and prayed and fasted in the presence of God and they were inspired by the Spirit of God to write to us letters and prophecies and, and tell us of things to come. And I was up at, Fred and I were up at Gary's um, birthday party Friday night. That's why we weren't here. And uh, Shirley June, which is uh, Pam's mother, had gone to Israel. And they also did a, a thing through Asia Minor. And they went out on the Isle of Patmos. And, of course, her, her, uh, Pam's father is deceased now. And, when, and, of course, you know how they make different shrines and things of things that they think this is the cave and this is probably the place where Jesus was or, the, or where John was. And he climbed these steps. Here is an old man. And he climbed these many, many steps up to this place where they believe that John had written revelations. And, and uh, Pam said he didn't just walk up. He ran up the steps and he fell to his knees and he cried because he was in the place where John was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard a voice from heaven. Hallelujah. And he said he was so he was so excited that he got to to be in the place where John received the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when he got to the bottom of the of the steps and got on the bus, he was exhausted. But he praised God for this vision. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. There was no more trouble. There was, the earth was not like we know it today. There was no, none of this stuff was, was going on. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The scripture says it's 1,350 miles square. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Not only are we going to be with God, and he's going to be with us, but God shall wipe away all of our tears from our eyes, and there shall be no more death. Amen? There's not going to be neither any sorrow or crying, neither shall be there any more pain, for the formal things are passed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So stand fast in the liberty that Christ has placed you in. And, and don't be weary in well-doing, because we're going to reap if we faint not. Amen. Love each other to the utmost. Be, be friendly. We used to sing this song years ago. Friendship with Jesus. Fellowship divine. Hallelujah. And we need, to, we need to fellowship with each other. We need to befriend one another. And we need to fellowship with God. And, and I had this one message that I said, you don't have true fellowship with one another unless you bring up the word of God. Amen. You don't have true fellowship 
with one another unless you bring up the word of God, unless you talk about his goodness, you talk about his mercy. Hallelujah. Stand fast in the liberty that Christ has placed you in. God bless you.